Hello, hello. Welcome to the VHive, your go-to podcast for all things women's intimate health. I'm your host, Hannah, here to discuss the many questions you've always had about your body but never wanted to ask. Whether it relates to sex, chronic pain, trauma, relationships, healing, hormones, spirituality, and so much more, we are normalizing taboos, breaking down the complexities of the female body, and providing you with the information you need to take your health into your own hands. Hi guys, happy Monday. I hope everyone is doing well. I am excited to finally be here, be back with a new episode. I want to start off by saying that I know I haven't been releasing episodes, new episodes consistently every week, which is what I've done in the past. Um, and I have a lot to say on that, but I don't want to talk too much about that right now. To give you guys a brief synopsis, I have been thinking about this a lot for the past year, I would say, and more so the past few weeks, probably the past, maybe I would say like two months, honestly, about why I haven't been showing up as consistently as I was. Um, And after a lot of, you know, digging into this, I really did actually come to what feels like a really good conclusion. And this is something that I will share with you in a few weeks from now. I'm excited to share this with you. It's more about my journey and my evolution and my growth, which actually ties really well into today's episode. But I had a big epiphany and it relates to the podcast. And so there will be some new and really exciting changes and updates, which will come soon and I will share with you. And I will be releasing episodes every week moving forward. That's the goal. I can't promise, but that's the goal. I do have a lot of content, so I'm going to do my best, but I do it, you know, by myself, everything. And it's a lot of work. So yeah, there's that. But I know that I have a lot of people listening and it is important information and I want you all to have access to it. So I make it a priority. Um, But there are some things that I've realized and some changes that I'm going to be making with the podcast. All really good. All really exciting. I think you guys are going to love everything. Um, So I'm excited to share this with you in the next few weeks. With that said, today's episode is with Tina Marie Clark. This episode... I just can't wait for you guys to hear it. She's so insightful. She's so cool. She's so smart. And she is a mother, a model, an author, and the creator of the Shifter Method. So the Shifter Method is basically a method to return to yourself in times of craziness. By guiding women through the method, she facilitates breakthroughs for those who want to shift their perception and move through life with greater ease. So we talk about literally everything in this episode and, you know, she kind of just shares what the Shifter method is, how you guys can use this program, how she uses it and how it has helped her and so many other people to get through times, difficult times by honestly like going inward and pushing your ego aside, not not being controlled by your ego and by really going into your own heart and realizing why is something bothering you so much. And so she has a five-step program to do this. It's so cool. I've done it myself and I think it will really help all of you if you're interested in it. So I can't wait for you guys to hear her explain everything and yeah, enjoy Tina Marie, thank you so much for being on the Beehive today. How are you? 
Um, good. Thank you so much for having me. We just uh, had a little intro, and I am so pumped to talk to you because your journey is, um, even though it's about a different topic, we really have very similar paths. So I can't wait to get in there, and that that gave me a little juice just hearing awesome. your story. So I'm pumped. Awesome. I'm excited. That makes me happy to hear. And I know it's so interesting how you know, you can have two different stories, but they actually like relate in so many ways. So I'm just excited to have you here. I told you I've been, you know, following you and your work for a while. So I know that you have so much information and so many good insights that you'll be able to share with everyone listening. And I think now really is such a good time for to have you here and to have you share all of your wisdom because a lot of it deals with anxiety and stress and fears and I think that a lot of people are trying to navigate those challenges right now so this is definitely good timing <laughs> absolutely going back to what you said and what you just said we are all same same but different mm -hmm. we are all going through it on some level but at the end of the day it's manifesting as different yeah. on the material plane, but it's all at a level of, of suffering from fear mm -hmm. that is narrated from the ego. So that has been my um, life's work to, you know, work on that within myself and then to empower women to start checking in with where are they experiencing that pain? Mm -hmm. Is it a physical thing? Is it an emotional thing? Is it, do they always have uh, relationships that keep repeating? Are they meeting the same guy in, in different clothing? You know, yeah. uh, it, it's all same, same, but different. And mm -hmm. no one is exempt from life's lessons. And we're, I believe that we're sent here to make these shifts within ourselves to evolve ourselves and our consciousness so we can how would I describe it we have a mission yeah we have a mission to make these alterations and to evolve and to heal the parts of us that we came to this world as we think that we uh you know incur like you know accumulate these traumas but they're really from the basis of what our soul needed to evolve and I think when we have that vantage point it allows us to move through life in a smoother manner because when you feel like it's ha everything is just happening to you and you're like why 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 um, I remember the first time I heard this quote by Eckhart Tolle and it, it read something uh, and I remember having to like rewind it a thousand times because it was so big that yeah. I couldn't understand it and I was like going over the Brooklyn Bridge going to my apartment and it read life will give you whatever experience is necessary for the evolution of your consciousness mm. how do you know this is necessary because it's happening at this very moment that's so good that's so interesting it was so powerful for me because I remember thinking, uh, like, I had to re-rewind re it because I knew that my body, my body responded to it, but my mind could not wrap my head around. I couldn't wrap my my head around the idea of this truth mm -hmm. that 
my soul came here to evolve and whatever I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing this at this very moment for that evolution. So that was a huge shift for me in how I went about my day-to-day life. So going back to what you said about people more than ever are looking for ways to navigate life because we are experiencing an, a disproportionate amount of change on a global level that is bound is it's like the arithmetic for stirring yeah it's you are going to be triggered you are going to stir you are going to have a manifestation of this change and how we go about that change is a you know moment to moment choice and I think we often feel disconnected from the choice and when we have a practice like the shifter method or meditation or yoga whatever modality that you've um, deemed helpful having that practice and integrating that is going to help you move through your life in a more peaceful way so for me it was the method Mm -hmm. I just you know I uh I cannot just the delta between who I am now and how I think and how I comfort myself and how I am now versus my teenage self and and that's I think that's true for most people but the interior walls of myself has changed so vastly that it's hard to describe because I lived in a stir storm I lived in chaos 24 7 when I slept when I woke up I just saw the world in a defensive scary uh, reactive mode I woke up that way I went to bed that way there was very few moments of my day-to-day life that were not guided by fear Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was exhausting I knew there had to be a, a different way so I became you know and I was blessed with a mom that is a seeker also and she was doing her own work and I you know started asking questions and starting my work my life's work very young and that's what brings me here today is um, what I've gathered along the way has transformed my life and I see it transforming others um, there's no better DM in your you know your DM box than hearing how other women have implemented it and you think it's a, a compliment to you and your book or whatever but it's really so I like bow to these women mm. because this is the hardest work it is not for the faint of heart and I just I get so pumped for them that they're able to do that for themselves like they because I can't do it if I could I would I would do it for them because I would want them to be you know at ease and not have the suffering but it's really seeing women's transformation and the confidence that they build within themselves by doing the work is so rewarding and you just you feel like you have like little warriors next to you you're like yes it's so cool to feel the tribe of women that are dedicated to you know softening the suffering 
so that excites me so when we were talking earlier I was like yes this is she gets it she Mm -hmm. gets that it's a I think of it as like a multi-organ or organ system there's all of these little things that are connecting all of it and when we you know honor those organs that's when things work Mm -hmm. no it's so true and I you know I mentioned before that I have your book the shifter method and I mean I have so many questions for you that I'm excited to ask you but one thing that just popped popped into my mind that I want to ask you is before we get into that is like that quote that you read is amazing and I guess something that something that I'm curious to hear your opinion on or your insight on is when we're at least for me sometimes I feel like this is what I struggle with like when when things are good if I'm having a good day and I read a quote or I you know something impacts me in a positive way I'm like this is amazing this makes so much sense I see the message here but then sometimes when you're in the thick of something you forget and it's like all your tools go out the window or all of the messages that you you know once made you feel so good like they just you just can't it doesn't work sometimes I feel like that happens and I feel like when a lot of people are really in kind of the depths of their suffering or even if they just happen to have one bad moment in a day then it becomes harder you lose to sight of it. you lose sight of it yeah so it's like how do you continuously remember to access the tools that you have well you have first of all mm-hmm. it's i identify with that 100 yeah. percent. first of all you have to just honor and i call it own your awful own yeah. the part of you that will not get it right 24 7 yeah you're not we're never going to if not we're 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 dead meaning we're on to the next journey we're not in this world we are here to learn we will never stop learning so the idea i think is important to to you know especially women the desire for the perfectionism Mm -hmm. that i'm always going to be on this path or that i'm going to do that drop that first okay when, when we can do that and say, I'm human, I'm, I'm learning, that even that, even when I'm off my course and I can't, these quotes aren't working, that is okay. Yeah. That's okay. Like, even noticing that. But there will be, I, for me, um, and it's in the method, um, in they're called the sit mantras, I go back to the ones that that pull me back to center so when you do have that moment when things are good and you're like oh that quote hits put it in a a file on pinterest Mm -hmm. that says like um you know it could be anything when you could say when the shit hits the fan folder right you know, mm-hmm. use that to draw yourself back. If it's your yoga practice, go back to that. If it's sitting within, you know, the chaos of that. But really, I think getting the things that, for me, it's audiobooks and quotes. They can always bring me back to center. Yeah. When I'm sitting. Like right now, I'm actually sitting with my husband. I am fighting with him silently he doesn't Mm -hmm. even know that we're fighting right now he has no idea how deep 
my stir is right now, but it's bringing up so much. And I know that my job and all I want to do right now is offload. Mm, I want to, I'm fantasizing of the mean, terrible things that I can say to him to get him to do what I want him to do. I can really, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I am joyriding through that, but I know that I'm never proud of the outcome and I never have that. um, There's no peace. I always have to play, you know, clean up after my reactive behavior. So in the method, I really, the method is the method because it's the only thing I could do to get out of my own way. It was just the way it was unmethodized for years, but I knew the number two step in the method is the sit. And I'm actively doing that right now. And I have to draw upon the things that work for me. And Mm -hmm. for me, that is silence, not silence because I don't have Uh, because I want to show you that I'm ignoring you, but it's because I need to do the work to even see what I am feeling, Mm. to even know what's actually going on because nothing's ever what it seems. Like you think it's, oh, you did this or, oh, you did that. It's like, no, really, I'm stirred by this with him because it pushes upon wounds within myself. Yeah. And I... I go back to the things that that will remind me of my highest, not what I currently am, meaning I still have the desire to want to do that. I still fantasize about it. I start writing it even of what I want to do. (laughs) But um, my job is to, you know, do the self-discovery so this can let go of me because this issue that I'm talking about has been here forever mm-hmm. it's been it's been here forever and I just want to um I'm happy to own what I, you know anything but this is um about something that it would you know defy our, our confidentiality in our relationship because no, no. I'm more than happy to talk about <laughs> other stuff but <laughs> and even in our relationship but this particular subject I just you know can't go deep no, into no. it uh but this particular thing I really you don't need my, to <laughs> yeah yeah my job right now is to not cause more you know uh doctors I, I, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. and they uh the, the oath that they take is do no harm yeah and when I <laughs> do not sit with my stuff I cause harm either to myself or others. I injure myself emotionally. And I, I and I try to offload my suffering and my pain because I don't want to feel it because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this sit is the hardest one of all. If um, whoever is listening, it is, I, I'm telling you, you're a warrior if you could even sit for a minute. So do not judge yourself if you're sitting for one minute 20 minutes, two days, sitting with your own stuff, your own chaos, without reaching for the dozen donuts, without, you know, reaching for the, you know, bottle of wine, just sitting or without yelling at them and, you know, making them a demon that that it's all their fault. 
when we can sit with our stuff, that's a point of power Mm. and, um, and own it that we have all of these sides. So, um, I don't know if that answers the question, the original question. It totally does. And, oh my God, no, it completely does. And I just, I find this all so interesting. And I think that, I mean, back to what you said, like whatever you're sitting in right now, it doesn't even matter to everyone listening because it's like everyone's sitting or, or everyone could potentially be sitting with something and like, something. right. And even going back to the very beginning, like when one person suffer, you know, we all suffer the same, doesn't, right so I think that it really does answer the question and I want you to explain for those who aren't familiar with what the shifter method is what it is and then what the five steps are and so the the sit can be now put into context a little bit better you got it so it's a mindfulness method it's really a a practice of self-awareness so you can um It's a practice of self-awareness and self-discovery that allows you to not be knocked off course by your emotions constantly. Yeah, which is so hard to do. (laughs) You know, it's so hard. It's like getting the tools and the equipping yourself with the self-discovery tools that help you to navigate that. Mm -hmm. So the five steps are STIR, which is recognize you've deviated into a negative thought pattern anytime you're having any like adverse or bad or not positive reactions it's because we're experiencing some level of fear and uh, that is generated from the ego so when we recognize that and we're taking offense and our feelings are hurt and our whatever it is that's that you know the activation and the trigger and the stir that is happening within us and when we can recognize that that's a point of power so the first step is recognition Mm -hmm. then there's the sit which is sitting with your emotions without reaching for without reacting sitting within your emotions not yelling not uh sending that email not you know uh, uh, like numbing, like drinking. Numbing. Or... Yeah, it could be drink. It, yeah. it could be anything. We all have a set of default defenses, mm-hmm. meaning the things we do to soothe when we're stirring. Right. Um, and the method helps you recognize what you do when you're stirring. Uh, then there's the sift, which is sifting through the narrative that caused the original stir. What is it that your ego narrates that causes you so much pain? How did you categorically process that event that causes the suffering? And when we get clear and honest about what is actually going on, we start peeling back the layers of the the reality of the story. It's not about that the guy didn't call you back. It's actually because you have a deep belief that you're not enough that Mm -hmm. you're really dealing with Mm -hmm. so sifting through the thoughts that the original stir um caused then there's the share which i love and what we're doing right now is you know being in communion with other women and owning our awful 
And what I mean by owning your awful is not that something's necessarily awful, because a lot of people challenge me on this. And they're like, how would you call it awful? And it's like all of these, you know, talk, or I, I wouldn't say uh, people that are, I would say, programmed to think that everything has to be positive. Yeah. And in my world and what I've learned about myself and humanity is that we are a culmination of the light and the dark we are i call it 50 shades of tina marie Mm -hmm. there is a a, you know a jealous tina marie there's an angry tina marie there is a soulful tina marie there's a kind tina marie there's a compassionate tina marie there's so many parts of myself and when i do not own those parts those parts are outside of myself and keeping me from my wholeness because how could I be whole if I have these fragmented parts that I can't own? Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you're sharing with other women and owning your awful, owning the parts of you that you just can't sit with, owning the part of you that is angry, owning the part of you that is bitter, uh, owning the part of you that does get jealous, um, owning that and being in communion and talking to other women about their truth because we are all same, same, but different. I could tell you a story about when I'm angry and you may not identify with the circumstances, but you could identify with the feeling. Right. And when we heal and own the parts of ourselves and actively do that in communion with other women, not only do we liberate ourselves, but we liberate others because we're walking around in a society that is not owning it and is pretending and hiding and ashamed and fearful and wants to put a filter on on life and it's just impossible standards and it's not sustainable it's like that ecosystem of perfection is not sustainable yeah but when we own it and honor it within each other we just create connection and i think that that's what a lot of people are going through right now. We are in a, a pandemic. We are not having connection that we normally do. But So where can we have that connection? And if we're not telling the truth uh, and we're not having our physical connection, where are we getting connection? And where can we fulfill ourselves? Because we're hardwired for connection. Where can we get that fulfillment? Mm-hmm. And I truly believe... Um, the share is a perfect opportunity to be deeply seen, heard, and felt. Um, that being said, after you've done these four steps, you are at the last step is the shift. And that is when you take inventory and identify and go through the four steps before it, you really can't come out the other end if you've been honest with yourself the same that that issue that stir will have changed based upon the light of your your consciousness and your dedication to looking at it 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 can't remain the same it will shift and it varies in magnitude meaning it could be a slight shift where you're like okay it went from a 10 to a 9 in terms of you know uh intensity or it could be oh my gosh I don't even feel the same way and about it anymore. It's 
it can it can either completely shift or it can shift in in uh, intensity Mm -hmm. and the method is designed to change that intensity that we have the ability to shift our perception on anything no matter what it is a choice and sometimes we get it right sometimes we get it wrong Sometimes we make it a little bit of a shift. Sometimes we knock it out of the park and it's completely like night and day. Mm. But our, I believe our job and our um, purpose here is to do that work. And this is a way to guide you to that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I love it. I think it's amazing and something that honestly everyone could benefit from in some form or another. But a question that I have about the second step sitting is how do you like differentiate the line between sitting with something and then also knowing when to like express like to I don't know if it's not sitting but when to speak up or express yourself if like you need to you know you need to stand up for yourself or you need to express a need or something like that I feel like and again this is for me at least like sometimes it it um it's like, I don't know if I should say this because I don't know if it's really like I need to work on something or should I be vocalizing how I feel because, you know, my boyfriend needs to know, for example, that this is bothering me. Like where, where do you kind of differentiate or draw the line? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. How do you know that your judgment is, is either it's really, is it coming from fear or is it coming from a place of knowing? Right, exactly. And that's how I like to use it. And really, it's a feeling and a desire and checking in with your body and yourself to be able to speak about this without the same charge that it originally had. You can, there's there's a difference between reacting and responding. And when we are reactive, that's coming from fear and wanting to offload. When we're responding, there's a neutrality about it, that it is informative. It's, I am telling you this, and I'm not really attached to the outcome. I could be hopeful Mm. for the outcome, but it's not because I'm tinkering and wanting to manipulate you to, to do this or to not do this. It's... I'm giving you information rather than trying to control the situation or control myself or it is informative. And I think that that is the, the base where you can say, am I giving this information because I want something to change? Mm-hmm. Am I seeking something in this? But when you say it without a desire you know, of course we all want our things to land, but when we have that neutrality of, you know what, I'm going to say this because this is my truth and I've done the work to like sift through this and realize what this is where I've done the work. Cause nine times out of 10, once we get to the sift for me, at least nine times out of 10, I realized that it was about me anyway. So the issue doesn't even get to the point where I have to talk about it because I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I just made that about me when it was really, or I I made his actions or her actions or his inaction about me when that had nothing to do with it. But when you do have to respond and you 
you know, if it's a work situation and you're, you know, your boss writes you an email and, you know, they say, da, 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 and you take offense to it. You recognize you're stirring, you sit, you sift, and you unpack what you believe he meant by that nasty email. And you unpack that your tone and your response will be able to be coming from a place of, of, uh, you know, it's more solid. Mm -hmm. It's more, you, you know, it, it, it's informative. It's not coming from fear. It's not reactionary. It's, it's got legs. It's sturdy. And I think when we need that impulsive desire, that's when we know it's not fully processed. And when you can get to the point where you've processed, processed it to the point where it no longer has that charge, that's the time you can respond versus react. A hundred percent. And I also think that, I mean, I guess I know that like, and you obviously know this as well, but when you're, if you are communicating something and you're coming from that, that stirring place where you're angry and you're going to be like loud and perhaps not so nice and you know, the message that you're going to convey isn't going to come across well because you're not, you haven't processed it yourself first. So it's like, even if you need to say something, doing doing the, the steps first, doing your steps first so that they come across, so that your message comes in across in, in a calmer way will be so much more effective. Yeah, it can, it can land because exactly. you're not ping-ponging off of somebody else's ego by stirring them up by your because a lot of the times when in relationship with people our our reactivity activates their stirs Mm -hmm. so we're going stir to stir ping-ponging back and forth so the truth of the the matter meaning the, the the real um issue is becomes invalidated by the reactivity that you get so caught up in the reaction that you never really get to get to the real issue right even if it's valid, because it gets so clouded over by your reactivity that it it creates even more chaos. So on top of a chaotic thing, you're adding more chaos by mucking it up in a way that it it can't be seen properly. So it's, it's out of respect to yourself and having reverence for the, for your relationship where you're like, you know what, this deserves if it's really that important, meaning if it's if it hurts me this bad, it deserves the time for me to check to see if I'm really complaining. And I, I better get this across. If it's that important and I need to say it, I better, you know, prepare it in, in a way that it can be seen properly. Totally. And I think that that's having reverence. And that's a lot of the self-love of I love myself enough to... Um, do the work to, mm-hmm. to, to, to be able to be heard. I'm mm-hmm. going to take care of what is really going on here. And I have the reverence for my relationship to do this. And they deserve for me to give the benefit of the doubt because I may not know what's really going on. I don't know if this is your stuff, if this is my stuff, if we're ping-ponging. It deserves for me to sit. Right, right. I deserve for me to sit. I deserve taking care of and looking at this. 
Um, There was this quote from A Course in Miracles that really hit me. I forget what it was, um, or I forget what time in my life it was, but it's it read those who are certain can afford to wait Mm, i love that so when we're certain meaning you're you're fighting with your man and you're certain he loves you you know Mm. you 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 know he loves you but he just did something that makes you feel like he doesn't you can afford to give him the benefit of the doubt to discover what you're actually feeling those who are certain can afford to wait Mm. let me wait on this mm-hmm. let me give the benefit of the doubt let me let me go in not that they did or didn't do that it doesn't you know take the responsibility off them it's wait let me let me see a little deeper what my reaction what my um, internal reaction is what i interpreted from whatever happened and i think that that's really um the most beautiful thing you could do for yourself and in relationships with others is doing that work um that inventory of like wait what is really going on here Mm -hmm. not how it appears even the toughest of things even if somebody like called you a terrible name and you're like how could i see it any other way like he just called me a whatever or my boss just said i'm a whatever it deserves the time and consciousness to look at it to see what part of us identifies with that word I love that I think that that's so important and you know another question that I also have about the sit is if someone were to ask like how long am I supposed to sit for like 10 minutes you know an hour a day a week like because I feel like, you know, people, we can sometimes allow ourselves to sit in things, but it's like, are we giving ourselves enough time or are we giving ourselves too much time? You know what I mean? Yes. So if you're not actively, so I say sit for 24 hours. Right. I think that, yeah, that's good. And, and that'll give you some time to see, but your next step, mm-hmm. if you're sitting for a long time and you're not doing the sift oh, and you're not really uh-huh. doing, you're not really looking, then it's not going to be effective. Right. Because the, the result is sitting, because I sit and sift at the same time right now. Okay. Where... Uh, sometimes I will this morning just this morning I um my man came in and he tried to apologize to me and it was it wasn't in the right way in my mind and I I literally said in my mind you better sit bitch you better (laughs) sit do not do not do not do not and I I know that this to some of your viewers I mean sit bitch in in the most loving and respectful yeah, no, way to myself yeah I mean that girl you are cruising for a bruising you're mm-hmm. gonna say something mean do not react you will sit you will sit you will sit you will I will I am not gonna say no I'm not going to let my ego do something right now right. I'm going to sit with this I'm stronger than what my ego wants to do 
because it wants to yell and it wants to say something snarky and it wants to do that and it's okay but if I sit I have to sit so when I do do the sit um you, you know obviously it will reduce and you may sit for two minutes that's okay to sit for mm-hmm. two minutes and then you may react but you tried and you put the time in between the stir and the reaction and what our what our goal is is to just extend those periods of time so we're not just you know for me it was I shot first and, and aimed later you know, I was just, I, there were just casualties everywhere yeah. emotionally. Yeah. I just would shoot chaotically. I was just, and then I would have to clean up after my bad behavior. So I knew how destructive it was. So when I allowed myself to sit and experience the pain, and then I would actively sift then I could start getting clear on what the narrative was so I could respond. Mm-hmm. So when you're in, when you're thinking, and there are times where the ego can make you think as though your sit is sometimes a sit can be a reaction, meaning it could be an avoidance. Mm-hmm. So it could look the same way. Let's just say somebody is, um, you know, a people pleaser. They may be thinking in their mind that they're sitting, but it's actually they're sitting and not reacting because they don't want to deal with how they're going to feel if they do say something. Right, right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. It makes so a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Doing, doing that, um, am I sitting as a form of defense? That's right. still a reaction. Right. Am I still reacting? Meaning I'm, I'm being, my ego is telling me this will keep me safe. Mm-hmm. Meaning my ego tells me I'll be safer when I hurt someone. It, my ego tells me I'll be safer if I demand something. My ego tells me I'll be safer if I eat those dozen donuts. My ego tells me that if I just stay quiet and, and not say anything, then I'll be protected. Right. Yeah, so no, it's our uh-huh. job to look at what we are using to protect ourselves mm. and get into the narration of what we what our mind said that meant that's really where the magic happens so if i could say it the sit varies some people like for me right now i know this sit will be longer because it's so charged yeah yeah. It deserves a really long sit because it's layered. It's not some little thing. It has a momentous charge. So I think that, um, you know, taking that into consideration when you are sitting and it's a life um, sit, meaning it's like about your, yeah. you know, bigger items, I think that that can... Um, give you an indication on how long you can sit if it's a matter of like okay they didn't email me back right you know then but it it isn't always like I think I I speak to women sometimes where they have to sit because um they want to you know text a guy that they hooked up with on Saturday night and it's uh 
you know, Sunday afternoon and they have to sit with the discomfort that they didn't, that guy didn't text them back and they have to sit for a week (laughs) in the discomfort of that. But that sit is important for them because they have to experience what their mind is telling them that by texting like their ego is trying to get a boost so Mm -hmm. oh if I text him then I'll get an answer because my ego is really trying to figure out if I'm good enough so it's going outside of me to get confirmation that I'm okay so I want to text because I can't sit with the possibility of the truth Mm -hmm. of, of whatever my ego is saying that I'm not enough so let me just confirm let me go outside and tinker so I can get my ego to to feel better yeah that makes sense and when you're sifting are you doing like anything such as journaling or meditating like are there any tools that you use I guess in combination with like one of the steps to help you kind of think through your thoughts so I use um so for people that are just doing this the workbook has a bunch of questions that will help you sift yeah it's it's going to ask you what is what is my ego telling me about this situation what is really going on not the causal effect not he said this it's what did I say that this meant about me Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of questions in uh the sift worksheet that will allow you to um you know unpack that a little bit yeah um and I have an online course that is coming out that I think is even more powerful than the workbook because I think and I know that it's through storytelling and talking and communicating that this method can land it's only in conjunction with its full efficacy let's just say is in communion and and talking about it so I'm excited about the um, online course because it just gives you examples and ways and um, different exercises to do the sift but for me at this point I just sift through I scan I'll I'll, and I do I simultaneously I sit and sift at the same time because I get bored so I have to give myself a task when I'm sitting at least I could be busy while I'm sitting right right so I sift and I say, okay, TM, okay, you have this thing. What is it? Okay, you got that email. And this is, okay, read the email. Okay, what did you think that they said underneath the words? What did, what did that mean? Okay, you felt this way. Okay, like you felt that way. When have you felt that way before? Wait, okay okay that goes back to that and you really get more clarity it opens up the vision the scope of it being about them versus what you brought to that situation meaning the wounds that you brought to that situation Mm, yeah so I think that sifting is wait what does this push up against within me what narrative have I brought to this and where did that come from how long have I had that so the bigger the magnitude of the stir the bigger the the wound is and Mm -hmm. it normally goes back to childhood yeah yeah and when we feel that intensity uh that's an indicator that this has been long 
existing. Because you ever have a situation where you're talking with somebody and they say something and your um, internal world, your internal reactivity, like you are instantly transported into a different world emotionally after they say that one thing. Totally. There's no possibility that they're powerful enough. Right. (laughs) Like, there's no way. It has to Mm -hmm. be from... Um, it's it's touching upon a the neurosynaptic connections within your mind that have been carved out by trauma. Yeah. And what I mean by trauma is it, it doesn't have to be some like big event. It's just something that you interpreted that hurt you, and your brain functions on that same line of thinking when you're afraid. Mm. They they pressed upon that incident, and it reminded you. So you use the same brain pathways that you took when you were five and it's doing the same thing and it's activating all of those same responses that you had and you're in there so being able to identify and separate the original stir from what you're feeling is the point of power because it gives you control back because this is what your brain is doing Mm -hmm. not what they're doing they're not that powerful yeah. And it reduces your, it, it gives you your power back. You're like, yeah, 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 you said that, but I have, you know, this is my stuff, not yours. You're not even, like, it gives you, like, you're not, you're not powerful enough to piss me off this much. I no. pissed myself off yeah. by this going down that rabbit hole that I had already brought to this experience. Yeah. Something else that just came to my mind that, relates to the the sitting and the sifting and I feel like we're we're just talking about these two steps but I feel like they're the biggest ones and the hardest ones so I'm okay with that um and I think it's actually probably necessary but even you know last night for example I was upset about something and I was just lying in bed upset thinking about it and I felt like this is unpro- like in a way I was like this is unproductive like I should be reading or listening to a podcast or even I was like I should be listening to you on another podcast to prepare for today um, and I was like there's just things I could be doing right now but just you know after this conversation and, and really thinking about it more like I we have so much resistance to just sitting and thinking and doing nothing but mm-hmm. as you've touched upon as, as you've spoken about that's actually like the most important thing to do it's so important to just sit and think and do nothing and you know i think that a lot of times we just kind of disregard that or don't really give it the attention that it needs because we're so focused on other things but they're yeah, really wanna, just distractions offload. right we, exactly we, we, we want to you know get something that will distract us so we don't have to experience it mm-hmm. exactly and when we fully um experience it and allow it to um be there and allow it to disturb us and allow it to be there um it it, it allows it to reduce in its in its power mm-hmm. because we're observing it exactly observing the discomfort observing wow i really want to go you know email that person 
oh, oh my God, what I would do to just send that nasty text. Yeah. Observing that, that's the point of power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. And, and I think even knowing it's, I think having the five steps is knowing and allowing yourself to sit and having the intention because you, you can't sit without intention. Right. It's an active posture, meaning it's, it's very similar to going on a yoga mat and meditating. It's a emotional physic. It's an, it's an emotional posture. It's an activation. It changes from stirring to sitting, meaning I am actively, my intention here is to sit with this. You don't accidentally get there. You have to intentionally, and I'm not saying what it looks like on the outside world. I mean, what it feels like. I am going to sit and think about this. So going back to what you were saying about last night, making it a task as, oh, I'm not overthinking. I'm actually processing. So you deem it and categorize it as just as effective as reading, doing a podcast, doing this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, wait, I'm taking care of myself instead of shaming yourself and making yourself feel bad because you're not doing it, having the intention, I am doing this for me. Right. I'm going to think about this and I'm going to allow myself to feel this. And I think intentionally sitting is, is where it's at. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm active in my sit. I agree. Actively sitting for myself because I do not want to harm myself anymore and I don't want to harm other people anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I'm just arbitrarily just overthinking. It's like, no, no, no. My thinking has a purpose and it's to reduce the chaos that's in me. So you can think all day long. You can sit all day long. If you have the, if you're afforded the luxury, meaning, I know I'm going to sit for a while on this when I'm not with my kids or doing whatever I'm doing or working out or working or I will be actively doing this. Mm -hmm. And that's for my, that's a part of my wellness. Yeah. That's just as important as, you know, working out just as important as reading or going to yoga or meditation or therapy or your doctor or your whatever it is that you use for self-care this is a form of self-care so check it off in your mind like i sat today wow like i'm i'm sitting i'm actively sitting i i meditated today i worked out today i sat today it's just a matter of reframing the way that you're thinking about your perception exactly It's (laughs) it's shifting your perception on how you are processing information Right. And it's like, no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat myself up on doing this. No, 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 this is for me. And when I have the intention that this is for me to be able to heal and have less chaos, that's um it's just a simple tweak. Mm-hmm. And it's just within your mind, like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. Oh my god, my ego wanted to tell me that I should be doing something else, but I won't let it because what I'm doing is I'm actually taking care of myself. Yeah. Because I'm sitting. Are there any like non-negotiable daily habits that you have or even if like I'm curious if you wake up one morning and you're 
not in the best of moods is there anything that you do that will turn your mood around or that will just make you feel a little bit better okay so yes but they're in addition not to non-negotiable <laughs> not non-negotiable yeah. because i have choice and sometimes i don't do it yeah but i know that they do work when i need them and that is the method and audiobooks mm-hmm. my soul books like uh, they can always bring me back to center um you know sitting is like right now it's right i can be in here i know what i'm doing i know what i'm doing even when i have no idea what i'm doing when i'm sitting i know what i'm doing yeah i'm going to get the answer i'm going to i don't want this to come with me i don't want to be knocked off course by this every single time yeah let me sit let me sit let me sit so i do the method and then my audiobooks are my when i need sometimes um it's not always self-generated Meaning, like, I can't always depend on myself. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I need exterior to remind myself of my own truths. Right. I need to hear, you know, uh, Elizabeth Lesser, uh, the book Broken Open, or Marianne Williamson, Return to Love, or um, uh, Paul Farini, uh, Love Without Conditions. I'll go back to those to remind me of the truth of the method uh i'm not self-generated enough in that moment to give myself all of that fierce information Mm -hmm. so i go back but the reason why those things resonate is because they're intrinsically true and there's a part of your deeper knowing self that identifies with it and that's why it feels good to hear so going back to your quotes going back and being like okay when things were good this really hit me let me go back to my things that remind me of my truth not my bs not what my egos said this means but my truth so um i definitely recommend and nobody has an excuse for not listening to audiobooks yeah, because you can do it when you're sleeping. I go to bed with an audiobook on so many times mm-hmm. in your car while you're working out, while you're, uh, you know, curling your hair, while you're putting on your mascara. Five minutes, ten minutes, however long you're taking your kids to soccer, you're, you know, going to the grocery store, you're on your run. You get books that, um, that you identify with that are of the soul that remind you of your work and they pull you back. Yeah. And some, some sometimes they are they actually, you know what? They always do. I can always listen. Those are my tried and true. Like those books will always bring me back. That's so helpful to hear. And I, and it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Also, you know, as you were just saying with the quotes, like, you know, that they remind you of what you already know. And so the yes. books are just another tool, you know, when you're, sitting of or remembering right exactly exactly remembering remembering yeah. your own power yeah because we forget it we, we do forget it while we're stirring and we we're disconnected from it because yeah. the magnitude of that stir is just it it clouds our judgment because yeah. we've shifted into a negative thought pattern so what are the things do i that i know to be true no matter what yeah no matter what, even if I can't get fully, fully down with it. Like I was thinking, uh, my father recently passed and I'm sorry. 
Thank you. Um, my father recently passed, and I, I, I was having to sit with the idea of my truth being that life will give you whatever experience is necessary for the evolution of your consciousness. And I'm thinking, how could this be true? Yeah. How could my dad dying be anything to do with my consciousness? How could like taking him from my family be... And I had, and somehow in the sit, I was able to see the truth in that because I remember it. And it's not just applicable to the little stirs. It's a universal truth that even at the darkest hour on the most painful things, it makes it, 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 it it's even more true, I would say. It is happening for you. And if I view that through that vantage point, my suffering reduces. Mm -hmm. I'm not exempt from grief or pain, but if I can surrender to the possibility that somehow on some level, this is for the collective evolution of my family and that somehow we signed up for this when we were not in the body, when we were all little souls, wherever we were, and we signed up to be each other's daughters, uh, sisters, mothers, whatever, and that we decided that we would do this for each other, that's when I can have a little bit of peace. Mm -hmm. That somehow in the chaos of losing him, wait, if I know this to be true, how could this not be true about him? So I shifted from being a victim of his loss, which anybody is, meaning you're, you're losing your father, you're losing your, your the person that you love and that has shown you so much and that is your mom's person, like right. the, just the sadness of my mom, uh, you know, letting go of that and, and being able to see past in a way, yes, you can be sad, yes, you can grieve, but ultimately at the bedrock the truth for me is that somehow for whatever reason that are unknown it was his time Mm -hmm. and it was for all of us that were all connected for whatever reason even the most terrible things that happen to people the most the most amazing things happen there nothing is accidental that it it is all for us and that it is our our job to be able to honor what is and my resistance to feeling a victim or that this was unfair or that what uh, whatever it was that my mind was going through in relation to my dad passing does not give me peace it doesn't Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, me being, like, I was, you know, me thinking of my sisters being robbed of their dad walking them down the aisle or seeing their babies uh, being born. I, how, like, it's so hard to wrap my head around that idea. And I yeah. just remember being, like, how could this happen? This is so unfair. But when I shift back to my knowing for whatever reason that is what we needed and when I sit back there meaning to my truth 
I don't have to have anxiety about fearing that my sisters are not going to have because I have the peace and the certainty that for whatever reason that needed to be. And when I surrender to the reality that he is actually gone because my sat meaning my anger towards it or my this towards it or my that does not make him here. (laughs) It doesn't bring him back. Yeah. It, It doesn't. Um, when I get comfortable with the reality, meaning he isn't, but how can I think about him not being here? How can I do that? Mm-hmm. Well, if it was all for us, then I can sit with that. I can be okay with that, that for somehow cosmically, for whatever reason our souls are here, I can sit with the possibility that it's all supposed to be happening for a reason that gives me more peace mm-hmm. and that's that's a choice and it's really really hard on that big stuff it takes so it is so hard but it is worth that yeah. because um you know you could either suffer or or have some sort of peace and and granted that goes in and out sometimes yeah. i'm like why <sighs> why you know yeah. and then, but ultimately i go back to center and that's my truth and I'm like I know I know TM I know I I know it doesn't seem fair it doesn't like why how what when where does he go all all of those things come in yeah yeah but then I go back to my center that it's all happening for me yeah not to me so if I use that on such a big thing like a passing how could I not apply it to the, small the things. mundane things, mm-hmm. the small things. Mm-hmm. So, um, we uh, we apply it to the small things to be able to handle the big things. Yeah, I so I so agree with that, and just see that because I think that you know, and this is the last kind of point or thing I want to say in regards to sitting, but it's like life is really hard I feel like that's just a fundamental thing about life is that it's hard and I feel like as we as our all of our lives evolve we just realize how much harder it is and more and more shit happens and it really all goes back to like how do you sit through that and how do you see the bigger picture and how do you like navigate all of the challenges that life throws at you because they're gonna keep on coming and yeah how do you experience life right how right do you experience it do you experience it with like how do you view it and the the method is designed to help you to be able to change your lens yeah to shift your perception that it's always a choice it's not an easy choice it's not an instantaneous choice most often but it is possible And when we have those possibilities out there, how can I navigate life? You see people do it, navigate it with, with ease. And you're like, how did they do that? Right. And then you not, and then you see other people that get knocked over by, you know, something very simple. And you're like, well, why was that so devastating? Mm -hmm. It's from the interior walls. And when we cultivate that and when we give ourselves that, and when we love ourselves through those experiences by doing the work, that's what shapes 
how we deal with life being shitty yeah because it doesn't change that it's shitty it no. doesn't like my dad dying doesn't change it being shitty it's like you can't sh- like shift that no. it's shitty yeah. it's like that's not there's nothing you can do about it being but it's devastating the grief the loss i can't it, it's it's you can't even quantify it mm-hmm. uh yeah. but i can shift how i will experience that loss right right how will i navigate my grief how will i simultaneously because it doesn't change the reality it is what it is he's mm-hmm. gone yeah um but what can i do while experiencing him being gone and that's where that crossroads goes mm-hmm. into am i going to be the person that is and it could be something small or it could be something big it doesn't matter but we have the ability to be both of those people at any time and that is through choice and that's through doing the work and I feel like a big part of of it is like the acceptance of the fact that it's okay to be sad it's okay to be angry it's okay to be in pain like you know it's really hard to accept those feelings because we obviously just we want to feel good I feel like that's what we've been conditioned to think is like the best optimal right optimal exactly like you're 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 healthy positive and good <laughs> if you're feeling good well no right it's a part it's it's the 50 shades right it's not yeah. always going to be that right and accepting that is like that's a lot of it it's a lot and that's where own your awful it's like Mm -hmm. owning the part of me that's angry it's Mm -hmm. like yes like i am angry i'm like why did that have had have to happen to my dad yeah like he was so loved so badass like such an incredible soul like anger anger about you know that my mom has to suffer Mm -hmm. like why she's the best lady she's already suffered too much why Mm -hmm. And owning the part of me that even on a conscious level, this was really interesting for me. Um, on my In my mind's eye, I know how to perceive this. And that's consistent, meaning like it got lodged in. Like once that kind of download happened where I could see it properly, my vision of it is clear. But my body's experience of grief manifest through anxiety in the body yeah mine too it doesn't make me exempt from the my thoughts are okay about it but my body is experiencing the grief because you can't avoid it meaning nobody's exempt from it it's not like okay when i think positively about that he had a time and whatever it's like you know my body still experiences that Mm -hmm. and owning that and allowing that to be it's like oh my gosh like I am crushed crushed like my body like I remember I was walking past my mirror and it's this huge huge mirror and I I'm already a, a pretty slender person but after you know my dad was in ICU for 10 days with COVID-19 oh. he was had no symptoms whatsoever uh this was this is a month ago actually oh. just a month ago yesterday so um he 
uh, was on a ventilator for 10 days. So we experienced all of this, like thinking he was going to get off and then he passed away. And, uh, I, during that time I was just busy and just no appetite. I just did not want anything. I was like eating like four packs of those little tiny Fritos at night Mm -hmm. when I realized I hadn't eaten, like eating complete junk, but not so often. So I lost a bunch of weight and I'm already thin. So it shows up a lot. So Mm -hmm. I'm walking past the mirror and I look at myself and my mind connected my physicality. I looked like a crushed little bird. Like I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I could see how my body was experiencing the grief. I just looked like my shoulders were, were down my body. I looked really thin. I looked like a crushable Mm -hmm. because I was crushable, meaning Mm -hmm. I was in the, so you can't uh, skip over that. It's going to show up no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So allowing that to be like whoa I saw it and I looked at myself and I was like oh man wow like you are you're really you're you're hurting Mm. you look if if you looked up the definition like you know there's like a body language things where it's like oh somebody's happy and you think of a happy smiley face and oh somebody's angry face if you looked up the word like emotionally crushed it would have been my like (sighs) stick figure of a body like it just was so distinct but in my mind it was i was experiencing something very different it's wild how that happens isn't it fascinating so the difference between the mind and body and and what we were saying before we even got on the call like how you um you know originally started this with the medical thing but you realized it was you know so many other Mm -hmm. things that that connect to wellness Mm -hmm. um you know even me noticing the difference between the mind and body I thought that they were one in the same. Like, well, they are in a sense. Yeah, yeah. They are, but they aren't. Mm-hmm. So noticing and recognizing that for myself, um, what do I need to do for, for my body? Right, I'm, I'm doing right. so much for my mind and doing That's all so this true. work on my mind, but I'm not taking care of my body because I was just, you know, I wasn't able to at that time. And I had to own that too. I'm yeah. like, give yourself a break, TM. Like you're okay. You're allowed to be a little, like you're allowed to be eating Fritos, like <laughs> junk food. Like it, it was just nothing. I wasn't, I wasn't like nurturing myself. I was just getting by. Yeah. It was like an obligation. Yeah. But I was like, you just lost your dad. It's okay. Like you'll get back there. But it was an indicator for me. Like, Hey girl, like your, your body's, you know, keeping the score here, mm-hmm. even though your mind's on you're you it's it's there's the duality and i think um it's important to honor both i have not perfected that i you know i you know i work out i eat good whatever but uh i definitely you know my snacking is i I literally can eat four packs of those little frito (laughs) they're good they're so good i know i haven't had that in a while i'm jealous now um but what I the last thing I want to say is it's so interesting how sometimes your mind brings you to realize things about your body and sometimes your body brings you things brings you to realize things about your mind. 
Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, oh yeah. That that resonates with. Yeah. I I had not. Thank you for that. That's <laughs> so beautiful. That's brilliant. Really. You should you should <laughs> quote that and write that and post that because it's really it's true. Yeah. That's really good. I love that because you know in the method. Uh, you know, I do like a checklist of what happens physiologically when you're stirring, Mm -hmm. like my hands, my hands will sweat or I start biting my nails. And that's an indication of what's going on in my mind. But what you're saying is um, how the body will show you what's happening in the mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Versus, you know what I mean? And it's really confirming that even further to me um, about, wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Um, where can everyone contact you, find you, and learn more about the Shifter method? Do the Shifter method because I really think a lot of people listening will find great success in in the Shifter method. Awesome. Well, my online course is coming out very Congratulations. soon. Congratulations! So I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. I can't wait. Well, I just can't wait for it to be. Um, a more comprehensive way of of really um, giving it all it mm-hmm. it all because mm-hmm. I want people to be able to ap- apply it because I feel like it's magic sometimes I'm like oh my gosh I don't apply it always but when I do it's magic yeah that's great um, so at Tina Marie Clark on Instagram mm-hmm. and uh, you can buy the book on Amazon mm-hmm. it's called the Shiftster Method on Amazon and yeah and the Shiftster Cool. And I or, will, no, yeah. it's shifter.com. Sorry. I have a shifter.com. Yeah, I have it pulled up. And I will link all of that in the show notes as well so people can just access everything easily from there. And I think that's it. Thank you. This was such a good conversation. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. This is, this is not accidental that I'm speaking to you because I think that, uh, you know, us talking about this is such a you mirrored back to me a lot of what I need to know um you know going back to the remembering piece like I'm active in a sit and I needed to remember some of this stuff myself me too so it was helpful for me too definitely not accidental and I'm so glad that that we were able to do this today I really appreciate it and it was just wonderful chatting with you so thank you so much thank you This podcast is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.